Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Monday, May the 14th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy for the day, and we're off to a happy start here. Um, I kind of touched on yesterday with the podcast with David that uh, we are most likely going to be launching the book. This is the book we've been talking about for months now where we have uh, nearly 40 co-authors, most of whom are life coaches, who have contributed stories about how uh, leveraging the law of attraction in their real lives produced some amazing results. That book is about ready to be published, and it looks, Tom, like we're going to be publishing on Memorial Day weekend, which yeah. is you know, a good time to do it, especially here in the U.S. I mean, most of our customers we yeah. expect will be in the U.S., although we do expect some customers overseas, too. But yeah. uh, you know, since uh, we're publishing here in the U.S., obviously we kind of expect a U.S. audience. And Memorial Day, of course, is the unofficial start of summer here in the United States. So, you know, given the fact that it's a three-day weekend, plus we'll start actually on the Friday before, so we'll have like four solid days of promoting this thing. In addition to the run-up that we're going to do, so this is going to be good. And uh, yeah. as we promised uh, for the last few months. It is going to be possible for you to get a free copy of the Kindle version of the book, which uh, is the ebook version, of course, and that will be available throughout that weekend if all goes to plan. And I think it's going to go to plan. So it's getting real here, Tom. It's getting real. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to tell all my friends about it and yeah. get, start getting their comments back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As we start reading it. I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. Should be fun. So how was your weekend? Did you have a good one, I hope? Did you do anything fun? <laughs> yeah, I did some fun things. I hang out with my friend uh, who I've been dating and mm -hmm. we had some good times. And um, what else did I do? Oh, I got rid of a whole bunch of more stuff from my garage getting ready to move. So I uh, was That's able to take, take a whole lot to my ex-wife and give mm -hmm. it back to her, which was interesting. Yeah, I'm you sure. <laughs> you have a divorce and you take half the stuff and then you start giving it back <laughs> yeah uh, she was happy to have it have a bunch of that stuff and well that's good yeah. i was so happy to get rid of it how about you what kind of weekend did you have oh let's see what did we do this weekend we, we actually did quite a bit of work this is like the uh, craziest heck most hectic time for louise's gardening business I As you might imagine, you. yeah. I oh, mean, it, it's it's busy throughout um, the whole gardening season, but May is the craziest, mainly because it's a time for doing some major ramp up in terms of the, how much business we're doing, which affects our cash flow and it affects how many people that we have to bring on because now we have to bring on some more people to fill in, you know, for all the jobs we're getting and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it, it's fairly hectic and. As a result, you know, there's not enough hours during the week to do it, so we were doing some work on the weekend, but uh, didn't spend the whole weekend on that. We yeah. we able to, we were able to get out a little bit. We went, went out for ice cream. That was nice. Had a really delicious dinner last night. Oh, God, it was absolutely fabulous. So you know, some mm. good stuff going on there. You know, it was good. Yeah. Nice weekend. No, yeah. Just as long as you're enjoying your life. Exactly. Exactly. Having as much fun as you can. <laughs> now, of course, with the book launch, we are going to try to get uh, a lot of help from a lot of people. We're going to be doing our marketing, of course, through our social media channels. That's the nice thing about having so many authors because everybody can help share the load of doing the marketing, telling their friends yeah, about it. Yeah, and so that's going to make it really interesting to see what it's like when 40 people are tell all telling their friends. But, of course, we're also uh, trying to leverage the law of attraction because, you know, that's what we do here, right? We talk about mm -hmm. law of attraction all the time. 
And one of the ways that we want to leverage it, of course, is just by building up our excitement level and our energy level and putting out there. We want, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people buying this thing, maybe even millions of people buying this thing and getting excited about that. So that that's a big piece of it. Um, beyond that, though, as as we're approaching this date, we're, we're trying to build up our expectation level. And to that and, and toward that, we need we need help, basically. So that, that kind of ties into our title today because our title is about how to ask for help from the non-physical beings on the other side. And mm-hmm. we, it's a topic that we started on Friday. Now, I know you kind of had a, a particular direction in mind for today, and that's that's great. I have no problem doing that. But I'm thinking in the back of my mind, one of the things that we need to be asking for during the show is help for getting the book out there and getting lots and lots of people to buy it. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about how, what are the qualities that you can bring to asking for help and receiving help, you know, like just a little bit of a, a look at those um, four or five qualities that are especially important and to cultivate within oneself. And then how can you f- actually play the game? I called it a forming a committee. <laughs> the committee, <laughs> that's know, right. <laughs> yeah, actually form form a, a group in the unseen realm that you that you can rely on. Um, and I, I call it a game because, well, of course, the number one quality that um, this author, Jean Slatter, says in her book that when you ask is to be playful about it. Um, you know, keep keep a lighthearted and playful attitude about asking for help. I was realizing over the weekend, you know, thinking about this topic and, and uh, this is actually like the third show we've done on, on the idea of what is it to ask for help from the unseen realm and, and thinking that, you know, when it comes down to it in a certain way, this is, this is sort of like almost all there is um, when it comes to, living my life is, is do I allow in the help? Mm-hmm. You know, do, do I allow the universe as quote unquote or source as they, as Abraham calls it to, um, to do, to have my back, to do things for me, to, um, you know, if we're, of course, you know, there's the idea that we are infinite beings and uh, to a lot of people, it's not an idea. They know that that's true. And, I feel like I I know it, and I'm also proving it to myself a lot. That <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm not you know I'm not the way I was raised, which was to believe that I was just sort of here as um, well, I don't know what you know like this is the, the experiencer of life, but not really in control of anything or not not able to affect much of anything because it was all up to God. Everything that happened, I was just sort of um, at the mercy of whatever God would choose to do. Uh, in my life, whatever that ultimate power was. And and then getting into law of attraction, of course, there's a lot more focus on the fact that we're co-creating this life experience with this unseen realm, you know, whatever they want to call that higher power or those higher powers, you know, because if you look at it as, as uh, the way we talked about how the Druids look at it, there's this, there's these devas, which were the powers that lived within all aspects of life, especially within nature that, that were very powerfully determining how things were going to evolve. Um, so the whole question to me comes down to how much are, are we in charge and how much is this, this higher power really um, orchestrating our lives for us? 
It's interesting, too. You mentioned that idea of being like an observer almost. That's not quite the way you phrased it, I think. But that's a feeling I've had for a large part of my my life. Like, I was just here observing. I, I was not actually part of life. And mm-hmm. it's only in the last few years that I felt like I have become part of life. And I'm glad that I have. I mean, it's about freaking time. But but yeah. I'm not even sure I associate it with, uh, uh, with God or something like that. I even associate it with just other people in my society. Like, I... I, it was almost like I put myself in in second position. I was a second class citizen in my own world, and mm. not not a happy place to be. It wasn't an unhappy place to be. It just you know it's an observer position, and you don't really get heavily involved as an observer. You just kind of you know observe. Uh huh. Well, so a lot of that would you say is a victim attitude? I mean that you're oh, sure. sort of yeah. Absolutely. You're sort of at the mercy of everything? Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think yeah. of it as a victim attitude, but yeah. How else can you look at it? Of course it's a victim attitude. And uh-huh. uh, I mean, you, you can kind of spin it a little bit. You can say, well, I'm I'm just an objective person. But, you know, that's still not living. It's not really, you know, diving into life and making it, you know, the, your yeah. second skin that you wear or whatever. Well, to be receptive, you know, to be receiving all the gifts mm-hmm. is one way to look at it, you know, that we're just always being gifted. You know, it's whether or not you feel like there's a, to me, is are there forces that are also not in our on our side? You know, like, is there is there some force in the universe that wants to, you know, do us harm? And if we believe there's some force that wants to do do us good, is there also some force that is uh, wants to do us harm? And I think I've I've lived, of course, with that idea, and maybe most anybody who had a Christian background, you know, has had that belief in that there is definitely something that wants to do us harm, and we need to be protected constantly by the by all these forces, you know, like like why Jesus, you know, is there in a lot of people's lives is to make sure that you're going to be taken care of, you're going to be protected. Mm. And I suppose you could say the same is true of what we call God, you know, as opposed to what we what people call the devil or the evil spirits. And uh, we, we certainly anyway, get inculcated it's, it's with it, don't we? We, we? we get we get trained, we get instilled, however you want to describe it. But we get it when we're growing up, and it's yeah. uh, you know, it it does have an impact on us. I think it varies from person to person what that impact is, but it does have an impact. So knowing mm-hmm. that we can actually take control and you know, be the leading players in our in our own lives. And uh, not only that, take initiative when it comes to asking for help from the other side. That That's a very empowering stance by comparison. Yes. And I'm, I'm often still wrestling with whether or not, you know, how much do I truly create things and how much do I receive things that are already in my vortex, you might say, like, mm. You know, because I've I've created it by simply knowing what I don't want or knowing what I do want. It's immediately created. So it's kind of interesting that the universe is always creating and putting into this thing we call our vortex. This reservoir of of infinite possibility is always filled with with as as Abraham said, you know, lifetimes worth of things you could never you could never access all that's in that vortex of creation. So in a way, what it says to me is that there's a tremendous amount of already done for you things, you know, like today uh, when people are trying to form businesses, like, like if you're a brand new entrepreneur, say in the coaching 
field. There's all these companies out there that are trying to help you form your business and make sure it's successful. And one of the trends these days is already done for you things where the company makes sure that, you know, the, the email marketing is going to be done for you. You don't have to hardly lift a finger and, and, um, you know, your, your Facebook advertising, you can find a company that'll basically do it for you. You you don't have to go out there and figure out how to, how to navigate Facebook advertising. Mm -hmm. And, and it makes me think of, is, is that the way the universe actually works? Like it's already done for you. You just have to let it in. (laughs) That's an interesting Uh, question. So, yeah, the the first the first quality that Gene's talking about here is to just be playful. We talked about that last podcast. Um, it's where we stopped. Was you know that life is a joyous creation meant to be celebrated and filled with the full full spectrum of human experience. It shouldn't come as a surprise to know that God or Source really wants us to enjoy our lives. But the fact is, many people believe life's meant to be hard. They feel it's a series of tests and a type of proving ground where they're trying to earn God's favor or the favor of whatever is that power, right, on the on the unseen realm. And so they they always feel like they're never good enough and they're never lovable and they're always separate from this higher power. And uh, she's just saying, you know, got to just accept the fact that you're not separate from that higher power. Everything is good enough and you're good enough and you're lovable and everything's being taken care of. (laughs) It's nice to know that it doesn't require special access. You know, it's something we all have access to at any time. That's a good thing that that's like, that's re-empowering those of us who have been through, you know, the religious mill, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that last point to me, I mean, I'm feeling it incredibly strong over this whole weekend because of a lot of interaction I had with uh, my friend um, this idea of of letting it, letting yourself not feel separate from this eternal, amazing, infinite power that controls the universe, that you know, is allows everything to happen the way it's happening, and is so powerful that it literally is the source of all of creation. That we are actually completely plugged into that. And if we let that orchestrate our lives, then we will really do fine. And the thing about it to me is that it takes all anxiety. It really has the potential to take anxiety out of our lives uh, to the degree that we can trust that. Well, that's anxiety a good thing. Is, I mean, because we certainly have plenty of it. That's a big one for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think all of us. The anxiety yeah. is huge. I mean, you yeah. can see it in Facebook. Oh, God, you see it all the time on Facebook. People stressed out about this, that, or the other thing. So anything mm-hmm. we can do to remove anxiety, that's that's a very big thing in my book. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do we have blind faith in that thing? And, and is it really blind faith or is it wi- eyes wide open faith? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. there's, I don't know why I would call it blind. Blind, I guess, means that you you think that um, you don't have anything to do with it maybe and that everything is just predetermined or somehow, um, you know, it's no matter what you do, that ultimate power is going to determine what happens. And um, there's, there's beliefs like that out there. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm interested in talking about it because it's, it seems to me that it's a crux of a lot of our problems or not having problems revolves around whether we really believe there is an all-knowing, all-loving source 
that is really orchestrating all of this, you know, because we can relax a lot if we truly, truly believe that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's even better, of course, when we know how to leverage it, how to essentially put it to use for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we do that? Okay, well, be be playful, okay. have a good time, be joyful, um, and then cultivate an attitude of gratitude. That's the second one she's talking about, you know, an attitude of appreciation. Um, count your blessings. You know, this is one of the big ones Abraham always talks about, and right. I have found to be incredibly powerful. In fact, of course, as we've heard, Abraham said, if you had nothing else but gratitude, or they call it appreciation, mm -hmm. because... There's, they feel there's a distinction between gratitude and appreciation. Gratitude meaning to sometimes having an air of like, I'm so grateful that I didn't get hit by that car. Or, I'm so <laughs> grateful that the rain finally came and ended the drought. I'm so grateful that my friend didn't say anything in front of, you know, in front of Bill the other day that would have embarrassed the hell out of me. Um, that's, that's gratitude when you're, when you're, you're happy you've dodged a bullet and you might say, and, that's one as big aspect of gratitude, according to Abraham. But you know, and then appreciation is more the thing where you're cultivating this attitude that um, I'm so grateful for everything I have in my life. I so appreciate the things that I have in my life, and the way that life is designed is so beautiful. Um, and look, I've got a house around me. I've got you've got a, I've got a car in my garage or out in the front of the house. I've got food in the refrigerator. I'm so, well, see, I want to use the word grateful, but <laughs> I don't yeah. know the difference that much, but I have anyway, always felt there was a difference. I mean, it's a slight one. I think, I think I agree with Abraham. There is a slight, slightly more pure aspect to appreciation just because in my view, gratitude is often not always, but, um, Perhaps even often is too much. Occasionally. Gratitude is occasionally something that's extorted. And so there's a certain negative little piece to it that often gets mm -hmm. associated with the word that appreciation doesn't have. But it's it's such mm -hmm. a minor point, it isn't even worth bringing up, I don't think. Yeah. Well, for some people to have to then try to make splitting hairs between, am I grateful or am I appreciating? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done that. I've actually, I, I sort of avoid using the word gratitude, but here she's using it and says, count your blessings, and as soon as you do, your whole being begins to vibrate at a different rate. Instead of letting your negative attitude attract more of the same unhappiness and despondency, you can shift into hopeful expectation of more blessings to come, like you want us to do around the book. You know, let's have hopeful expectation of more blessings to come from the book. Right. Look for evidence in all of your endeavors that the heavens are orchestrating your desires and intentions. Pay attention to seeming coincidences and synchronicities, even if they appear small, and give credit to your spiritual team. Of course, some would say of a more religious background, you know, give credit to God, give credit to Jesus, give credit to Buddha, give credit to whoever you pray to, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But in this case, with this creating a spiritual team, you're, you're, you're the one that's actually deciding that you have helpers in the unseen realm and you're actually naming who they are. That's the difference of this book. You're you're playing the game of uh, saying, you know, like if I want help with, um, you know, creating a beautiful dinner for the five friends I'm having over, then I call on, you know, my uh, culinary team to <laughs> help me really cook this thing right and get it on the table in a really beautiful way. 
and to decide a great menu and um, make it a beautiful affair for my friends. So I call on this spiritual team. Led by uh, Julia Child? I'm curious. Yeah, Julie is probably there in the unseen realm, ready to help me, and uh, the galloping gourmet. Graham Clare, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says she says there's no order, no order of difficulty when it comes to miracles. It's just as miraculous for the universe to arrange a chance chance meeting of two old friends as it is to heal someone who's sick. Notice all things big and small. Excuse me, <clears throat> that are miracles in your life. Soon you'll be convinced. Convinced that spirit is walking right beside you, paving the way as you go. Express your appreciation for the extraordinary ways the spirits of creation provide their expert advice and skills. Acknowledgement and an attitude of gratitude will provoke continued excitement and expanded support from your already willing celestial tax, task force. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people say, <clears throat> excuse me, that we need these spirits of creation, they, they need to be asked. Um, and I suppose that's, that is a prerequisite of uh, our receiving is to ask. I, I've heard actually, not from LOA circles, but from other um, circles that explore spiritual type phenomena, that non-physical beings not only like to be asked, but when you invoke their earthly name, the name they had when they were on earth, it actually helps them increase their vibration. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's true, but it's an interesting thought. You know, if we're co-creators with all of this unseen realm and that, and that our true infinite self, if we're infinite beings and we actually are, the greater part of us, as Abraham says, lives in the unseen realm, then we are very much connected with, with all of these other beings. And, you know, per, perhaps calling them by their name is exactly, you know, what's needed. Um, or is a big part of it. I don't know, you know, but I like, uh, I like to learn about this stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, the next one she said is to intend, intend for the highest good. Keep your intentions pure. Request that whatever comes be for the highest and greatest good, not just for, for yourself, but for all concerned. You may say out loud, I ask that this heavenly assistance be brought to me in just the perfect way for the highest and the greatest good of all concerned or something similar that feels right to you. I cannot, I can't emphasize too strongly how important this will be for your peace of mind. Many people worry that what they desire might ultimately take away from or hurt someone else, but that's not possible if you intend the best for everyone involved. This is a win-win situation where there is always plenty to go around and no, no shortage of good things or creative solutions. Realize that you can never help others by being or having less. Okay. And the next one she says is feel your wants. Often we think that what we want isn't truly what our heart intends. Take a moment to ponder what it is you actually desire and put it in terms of feelings. After all, what we really want is the feelings that people and things give us, not the possessions themselves. Perhaps you desire someone to share a romantic relationship with. Instead of spelling out what you want this person to look and act like from a material viewpoint, focus on the feelings you wish to generate and the essential qualities that are most important to you. What you truly desire may be mutual attraction and a warm, loving connection with someone who embodies compassion and spontaneity. Rephrase, rephrase your request, emphasizing those feelings and qualities. Then let the universe surprise you with a relationship 
exceeding your wildest dreams. A friend gave me an example of what can happen when you stay in your head and not in your heart. She asked for a dark, handsome, very masculine Marlboro man. Well, she got her Marlboro man all right, but then she got tired of all his smoking. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, don't know what a yeah, Marlboro man is. That's a really man, old reference. <laughs> that's an old reference to a commercial on television of a guy who smoked Marlboro cigarettes, and he, but he was really good looking. <laughs> back, in the, you know, that was a, back in the day a, when it was actually when, legal still to advertise cigarettes. <laughs> right, right. And when it was considered okay to smoke, yep. not everybody believed that it would kill you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Marlboro Man. Um, I haven't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> and another example, perhaps you've been asking to bring in a certain number of dollars each month because you think it will cover your bills and keep you financially secure. Unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. It always seems that the more money we make, the more we spend, leaving us in exactly the same predicament, except with bigger worries and more daunting bills. Instead, concentrate on the feeling you want from having the money. Ask for the pleasure and the ease while, while paying your bills. Ask for a feeling of security and financial freedom. After all, this is what you truly want. Then let the universe arrange how it will happen. I was wondering so what how she's saying. Go ahead, finish that. Go ahead. Well, apparently she's saying that, you know, we need to feel our way into allowing these things to happen and not just have it be in our heads. So Right. Yeah. And w what I was going to say is the uh, you, you also had an earlier statement that kind of set this up. I was wondering what her take was going to be on what Abraham talks about, how it matters what it is you're feeling about. Are you feeling about the thing or are you feeling about the lack of the thing? And you know, yes. so often when we're wanting something, it's you know we're focused on the lack of the thing. We've convinced ourselves we're we're thinking and feeling about what it'd be like to have the thing. We're really not. We're focused on the lack of it. And mm -hmm. I, I've noticed we're really. It's very easy for most of us to fall into that trap of of feeling the wrong thing, so to speak. So I, I'm I was glad to hear that she was emphasizing toward the end there, feeling you know the freedom or whatever else that she said there, all all the good aspects, all the the positive aspects about whatever it is that we're trying to attract. Yeah, that's fundamental. For some reason, you know, and of course it just comes back to the basic law of attraction because feelings are where the vibration exists. And since law of attraction is saying that what you vibrate with is what you get more of in your life, then, you know, if you're feeling it now in this moment, then you're attracting that similar vibration into your life. So that's why you want to, you want to add that as one of the, one of the points of allowing into your life what you want is to is to feel it as much as you can bef even before you've seen it show up in your life. Sure. Feel, yeah. feel what it would feel like and and then have faith. That's the next one. And you just she says you just have to know this is the way the universe works. You have to know that that this will happen, the thing that you're asking for. It will not serve any purpose to use this process as a testing ground for the universe saying, well, I'll believe, I'll believe it when I see it. That attitude will keep success just outside your reach. Spiritual teacher and author Wayne Dyer says, you'll see it when you believe it. I just thought about that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so launch your request to the ether and then simply stay in a state of happy expectancy and appreciation rather than in prove it to me mindset. Um, you may say, do you really expect me to believe that I can have whatever I ask for? And she says, well, yes, I do expect you to believe that. That's the essence of true magic. This is the stuff that makes miracles happen and seems to defy the law of physics. 
who says it is impossible? Um, Interesting uh, side note. I saw somebody, there's a particular person on Facebook who has been posting a series of extremely challenging questions about law of attraction, uh, highly skeptical viewpoint and Mm -hmm. trying to come up with every single weakness that he or she can think of to to challenge the whole theory on. And I'm not sure if they're doing it just to give people a hard time or because they're really trying to explore it. It could be the one. But uh, the latest one was, well, can I use the law of attraction to change my eye color? <laughs> I thought to myself, okay, that's an interesting question. So I wrote back, well, how much do you believe that you can actually do it? And I haven't gotten a response to that one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the main answer Abraham gives to can we – you know, how come if, if law of attraction, you know, really is how everything works, why aren't people growing who have lost a limb growing, growing a new limb? And mm-hmm. it said, well, because the amount enough people believe they can grow a new limb. Yeah. They truly believe that. And they, and they knew that the universe could provide that. Then maybe they could, you know. And oh, I think saying, anything can be. They done. definitely could. Yeah, yeah. It's just a question of the, of the belief. That's why I asked my question. My question was serious. I mean, it was partly to kind of challenge them, but it was also serious. If, if, if you really do believe deep down without any shadow of a doubt, then I think it's definitely going to show up. The question is, can you really believe it? And I think that's where almost everybody stumbles. <laughs> I, I say almost just to cover myself, but I'd almost be willing <laughs> to say everybody stumbles there. Everybody does. Hmm. And, you know, it's just that's just the way we are as humans. We we have doubt, we have skepticism, we have difficulty in believing the seemingly impossible. So mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're trying to explore the stuff for the first time, probably not your best bet to go after changing the eye color. <laughs> that's probably not the good place to start. <laughs> yeah, and some say it's more than belief. You know that we we need to have personal experience. I mean, there's probably a number of our listeners that would say. That's the only way that you can have these experiences of allowing into your life what you want is to have experience of how you are a creator, you know, have how, or maybe not how you're a creator, how you're a recipient of, of this um, infinite power that is creating everything. Um, and I'm sympathetic know, to that view, but I also would say that they are ignoring some very basic evidence. And the basic evidence is involved any time that a new threshold is achieved. The classic example is Roger Bannister being the first man to, to run the four-minute mile. No one ever done it before. Well, then how could he believe in it? According to the theory that you know uh, people you're citing are, are declaring, he there was no way for him to believe in it because it had not been done before, and yet he found a way to believe in it. And yeah. as a result, he did it. Right, right. So, yeah, if you haven't had, if you haven't had direct experience of something, then then you have to start with some kind of a faith, some kind of a belief. And, yeah. and of course, what she's saying here is that faith is a huge part of it. And um, if, you know, if, the, if you had to experience it first, no one could ever become a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It'd be impossible because the first person could never become the first millionaire. No one could right. ever have the perfect relationship or, the, or their ideal relationship because no one had ever had it before. Yeah. You know? So even if you're trying to imagine it, you don't even know what you're imagining. It, right. What you're imagining. Yeah, you're just right. trying to put together a bunch of things that you that you imagine it would feel like to be a millionaire, 
And, uh, you know, that feeling of abundance, that feeling of having everything taken care of for the rest of your life used to be that if you made a million dollars, you were, you were good for the rest of your life. Yeah, right. Course, today, you, still are, you could still be pretty good. You're doing pretty well. Yeah. No doubt about how that. much you spend, you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Blowing 950,000 on a house. Well, okay. Maybe it's not going to last so long. Yeah, right. Right. Or you, yeah, you go to buy a house that's, that's 3.5 million. You yeah. Then, then you got a different problem, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You better have a, another source of income. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's the flaw in the theory that you have to have um, some experience of it before you can attract it. Because every single thing that has been an advancement of any kind by mankind happened without having prior experience with it. Mm -hmm. So the next thing she says is to stay unattached. That the, there's a real art task in the universe to fulfill your dreams while staying unattached. I've already talked about how important it is to define your wants and desires, and now I'm going to tell you, let go of them. What does that mean? It means recognizing that your happiness does not depend on whether or not you get what you ask for. If you become attached, it takes you out of your playful, joyful attitude and into one of need and desperation, even if only on a subtle or subconscious level. This not only keeps you from the joy you could be experiencing during the creative process, it also brings up anxiety about whether or not the universe is really going to come through for you. You start, you might start asking, do I deserve this? Is the universe listening to me? Will I be happy? Am I good enough to, to deserve this, to receive this? Um, fear always constricts your ability to open to the magnificent solutions the universe has to offer. The more you work with the hiring the heavens process, the more you'll replace any anxiety or insecurity with the confidence that you'll always be able to find your joy. So um, that's one of staying unattached. And the last one, she says, is be patient. The universe is usually so immediate in its response to me that when things don't happen as soon as I expect them to, I can get a little impatient. But whenever I try to hurry things along, it it ends up costing me extra time, money, and effort. Only later, with 2020 hindsight, can I see why the timing had to be orchestrated a certain way so that all the pieces could fall into place. Then I am in awe of its perfection. That's interesting because that's one place where she deviates uh, or perhaps even slightly disagrees with Abraham because Abraham says they're not really fans of patience. There's not really what they're not fans of patience. They don't, they right, don't think right, patience right. is a good idea. They're they're also not fans of being unattached, right? Because <laughs> they they say that um, you need you need to have a very strong, um, almost like attachment to what you want because that's how you grow that that feeling inside yourself of of I of expectancy. You know mm -hmm. that that it's okay to be to to want what you want. Put it that way. But this there's all kinds of nuances to these words, you know, unattached, you know, like I can understand, um, you know, not being in need and desperation, you know, you don't want to be that kind of attached, right? Well, yeah, I think that's where the real discrepancy comes in, because very often, I mean, I, I myself have experiences where I attracted stuff that finally showed up after I let go. And I think that the delineator is what kind of feeling is it that I that it is associated with the attachment? Is it a positive feeling or is it a negative feeling? If it's a positive feeling, then it's good to stay attached. If it's a negative feeling, it's good to detach. Because what we're really saying there is the positive feeling, we're attaching to that, so we're saying, yes, let's bring more of that. The negative mm -hmm. feeling, we don't want to be attached to that because if we're attached to it, we're going to just bring more negative stuff. 
So sure. it really comes down to, is it a feeling that we, we prefer or is it a feeling that we don't prefer? And mm -hmm. we are the ones who get to decide which that is. So it isn't like we have to attach or we have to, to detach. It's which way do we want to go with it? It's up to us. Uh-huh. And there's also the thing of uh, which one of the main teachings of Abraham, which is, are you enjoying the journey to get there? Because very good point. That's, that's a way to be unattached to the outcome that, you know, yes, they, they say it's really delicious to have outcomes in our lives. And yet if we're not enjoying the process all the way along, then we're number one, we're missing the real joy of life. And number two, how can you have a happy destination if you don't have a happy journey? In other words, if you're not vibrating now with what you want, how can you expect it to show up later in your life? So, Which is a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So being unattached and being patient also means, you know, that, hey, look, I'm just where I am on this journey and today's another day. And today I want to have the best time I can possibly have, even though maybe today I won't get the million dollars that I want. I'm still on the journey towards getting it and I'm going to stay unattached in the sense that I'm going to enjoy the heck out of today and whatever little things I do, whether they're in the direct direction of making my million dollars or they're simply to relax and enjoy this day, you know, enjoy the beauty of, of springtime blossoming all around me, you know, how I don't want to miss my life while I'm thinking about my million dollars, you know, Exactly. Um, so yeah. that's it, patience. That's patience and unattachment. But it but it doesn't say that you don't keep on allowing that million dollars to flow into your life. And, and maybe you do some actions today that will open up the doors further towards that money coming. I also so, like to take it an extra step further. Whenever I've requested something and it hasn't shown up yet, I don't assume that I have to be patient about it. I assume mm -hmm. instead that I'm resisting it. That I'm resisting mm -hmm. it through some sort of negative attachment, some sort of negative expectation, um, and, and I often don't know what it is. I, I often can't see my own resistance level, whatever it is. But the fact that it hasn't shown up, that's my clue that it's, you know, it's there. It's in the way. So it, rather than being patient, I'm much more interested in finding out, well, how am I resisting so I can remove that level of resistance? Because that does a couple things. First of all, it helps me get happier. Second of all it means that I have one less level of overall resistance for more stuff that I'm going to be attracting further down the line. I'm, I'm continuously in the process of releasing resistances. That's a good thing, no matter how you slice it. So I, I'd much rather do that than be patient. That's just my way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, and that again comes back to what this book's about and what we're talking about here, which is, can you allow in, can you allow in with no resistance, all this help? <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. And so, you know, can, can you, are you, are you, do you want to be in the place where you, where your thinking is, um, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. I can, I can hire a help from the unseen realm and they'll take care of it for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I created well, I two, I created a couple of committee, a couple of committees over the weekend because we talked about that on Friday and, and, um, and now, we're at the point in the book where the, she talks about how do you ask for these, this committee to be formed? Um, it's so question. she has like, a step, like call a step the meeting to order. I'm, I'm curious to know how she does it. I mean, it's is like, okay, we're, uh, the committee for the promotion of Walt's wealth, please meet over in room three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what you do. You set up, 
the different rooms <laughs> of your house and you have a committee in each one and you spend your day going into committee meetings. Oh, That's my God. Right. Oh, God, not meetings. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not with committees. Committees were always the, the, the bane of everybody's existence. Right. In the world. Oh, God, so we got a committee for this and a committee for that and a committee for this. And in a way, that's what she's suggesting. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I, I have formed two of them. And let, let's just read what the, what the steps are um, and are seeing some of the things she says about this. Um, working com with committees can be extremely powerful. For example, if you want to improve your health, you might decide to seek guidance from a whole team of spiritual doctors, nutritionists, fitness experts, and weight consultants who will work behind the scenes to help you serendipitously find the best and most appropriate advisors and caregivers. Or maybe you'd like to strike out on your own and start a business. In this case, you could definitely benefit from the help of a spiritual project manager to arrange chance meetings with a mentor or perhaps an attorney, a business advisor, and someone to make sure you have all the right connections. You may even need inspiration from a spiritual muse to come up with the perfect name for your business. Or let's say you're embarking on the grand adventure of building your own home. You might need an earthly architect, contractor, electrician, plumber, and interior decorator, to name just a few. It can be overwhelming when you realize how many different individuals and teams you require on a physical level. But if you hire them first on a spiritual level, you'll launch the energy ahead of, ahead of time to accomplish your project. And with that, you'll magically bring forth top-notch earthly professionals with exactly the skills and information you need. You may want to experiment with managerial style. For example, you could personally hire all of your spiritual staff members and meet with them daily, or you could simply hire a spiritual project manager and let her do the rest. In either case, you'll want to maintain close communication with and a good working relationship. There are excuse me, a few easy steps to follow for hiring committees. <clears throat> Many people find them helpful, but please know that they are in no way necessary for your success. They are an excellent way to organize your thoughts and focus your intentions. But if you'd rather just do it all in your head or in some other way altogether, feel free to use them for inspiration only. Um, so use them in any way that works best for use. For instance, you might want to... Um, write down the name, the, these, these things in a, in a binder uh, or on, on a uh, computer document. So she, she lists seven steps for hiring your spiritual committees. Number one, name your committee. Number two, define your mission statement. Number three, list the specialists you wish to hire. Number four, make a task list for what you want them to do. Number five, set a launch of your committee. Number six, hold staff meetings. And number seven, celebrate your success. And then she looks at the nuts and bolts of each of these steps. I have to say, I definitely feel like I'm back in the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like she um, plays this game. Well, you know, do you enjoy being in the corporate world? That's why I left, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because of friggin' committees. Committees right? and meetings. Oh, <laughs> meetings all day long. Oh, and mis God. mission statements. <laughs> mission and, statements. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and a task list. Oh, no, I got a task list. What I got to get done. Well, you know, I I've, I find it to be very interesting because it's it's sort of a game I played with myself when I was looking at things that are seems challenging to me. 
like, like, of course, you know, I mentioned the other podcast, I'm in this process of moving from the condo that I'm into and, and finding another one. And in, in moving, I want to pare down a huge amount of the stuff I've been carrying with me for ever since my divorce eight years ago, I moved, this will be my fourth move. And um, in each time I, I'm trying to get rid of more because I hate filling up that moving truck with all this stuff, you know, right. and then having to re reestablish in a new place, a place for everything. And, um, you know, and making sure that I have a place big enough to handle it all. So I've been getting, getting rid of stuff for, for eight years and it's been pretty liberating to watch stuff go. And, and now I'm really paring it down because the, the cost of real estate in where I live in Boulder County, Colorado is gone through the roof. So what, what, what I can get now with the amount of money I want to spend per month is not as big as what it used to be. Right. Yeah. So now I'm, and, and, but I also just want, I just want a more streamlined life. I I'm calling it my Zen. In fact, I called my committee. Let's see what it was. The name I gave it to was my, um, my Zen environment, my, my streamlining committee. Um, because I want, I want to have more and more of an atmosphere that when I walk in the garage or I walk in, you know, my second bedroom or any, anywhere in my, my walk-in closet or wherever in my kitchen, I want everything in the cupboards and the pantry and to be streamlined. I want, I don't want to get the feeling that I have stuff crammed everywhere because that's kind of what I've lived with a lot because I had a 3000 square foot home and coming from that into smaller spaces, mm. I'm trying to not feel like I'm cramming things into those spaces, right. rather a, a spacious openness, you know? And well, so I, I said, I need a committee to help <laughs> me with this. <laughs> well, well, it does raise a question and this is kind of an indirect way of getting there, but I believe in delegation. I mean, that's always been a major part of my um, role as a manager whenever I've been a manager. Mm-hmm. And so my, my initial reaction is, especially when you were describing all the different tasks for the committee, you know, you have the meetings and you have the, the, uh, the assignments and all the, all the yeah. stuff you were describing there. I was thinking yeah. to myself, can I just delegate all the committee activity to another committee? <laughs> yeah. Or to a, or to a manager or to a know, manager. Who just, yes. Or just handles it all. And all you have, that manager just comes to you and reports to you how things well, that, are going. That's a lot better. I like that. Yeah. Rather yeah. than having to go run the committee. I mean, I really don't want to have to run the committee. That, that sounds like busy work to me. And I just don't <laughs> want to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it's like how much, you know, to me, these are varying degrees of how much we believe that there's this other realm that is helping us because for a long time, I've just, I've been just putting my faith in the fact that there is the unseen realm and there is this tremendous um, infinite energy that is my higher self and that it it is orchestrating everything. And that, that what I'm just trying to do is learn to, sit back and relax and let it orchestrate things and then see, well, what, what impulses I receive of what I need to do next and rather than feeling like it's on my shoulders, because that's what it all comes down to is how can I not be anxious about what needs to be done? Exactly. How can I have enough faith that what I want to have happen is going to happen, you know, and that, that I can just relax and, and know that, look, the money is going to be there or the new condo is going to be there or, the clients are going to be there or, you know, the wonderful partner I want in my life, she's going to be there. Um, you know, whatever it is, can I have the faith that, and, and the knowing that, that this celestial realm, this unseen realm is got, has got my back. <laughs> and so this is just a game of, of, um, 
I find that when I when I'm looking at a particular thing that I'm concerned about, um, that I that I just am able to say, you guys take care of it. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry. I'm not gonna stress about how much I look at the real estate ads for things that are for rent. You know, that I'm not gonna believe that I need to find every conceivable ad that's out there to find the perfect place that it's that it takes me making tremendous, tremendous effort to find this right place. But instead I say, I'm going to let the spiritual realm find this place for me. And even though I know there's tremendous competition for places in Boulder County to rent because everybody's looking right now and places get rented within hours of coming on the market and they're getting sold within hours and days of coming on the market. Nevertheless, if I give this to my spiritual committee, I know that this is going to get taken care of. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that's true. I I think the committee approach is actually useful for somebody, and there are a lot of people in this group, I think, for somebody who has a little trouble with the beliefs. You know, so if, if you feel like you have a committee you can micromanage, well, you know, that makes it easier, I think, for certain people. <laughs> and I maybe mean, more fun. Maybe more um, fun, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, like somebody like me, I don't really like it, but, you know, I, I could do yeah. without committees. If, if I never had to sit on a committee for the rest of my life, it would be too <laughs> soon. But there are other people who like that. You know, so a committee actually makes a lot of sense for certain people because they yeah. enjoy that kind of interaction. So creating a mental committee, yeah, I think that's, that's a good well, idea. And, and if you make it fun, as she says, you know, this is all just meant to be fun. So you you make it playful. Um, what are it's like I, I the ones that I um, was naming for my committee as my specialist? Well, first I, I wrote a, a, a mission statement. Um, I said this committee exists to create. With fun, joy, ease, clarity, and resolve, a zen-like, beautiful, clean, streamlined living environment that I greatly enjoy. It reduces and keeps to a comfortable minimum the amount of stuff in my world, putting the emphasis on what truly feels good and what really brings me joy to have in my living environment. So this becomes a clarifying way of thinking it through for me also, you know, that, okay, this is what I'm trying to create here in my living environment. And then the people, the specialists I'm hiring from the unseen realm are a fun and ease guide who, who assures that all of my streamlining stays fun and lighthearted and um, that the things that I end up keeping are the things that do bring me joy and fun and ease. And then I said a, a guide who's a seer who sees into the, into the future, you might say, and intuits the things that I really, that I really wanted to keep. You know, so if I get rid of all my lawn uh, tools and my or a whole bunch of my um, working tools that I use, my hand tools, that that'll be okay because I really am not going to need them anymore because I am not going to have a lawn anymore. Mm -hmm. At least um, not when you have to take care of. Yeah, not not when I have to take care of it in that way. Yeah, some maybe there'll be a H H what do they call it. HBO, no one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what you're thinking yeah, of. A neighborhood association. That oh, a homeowners it. association. Yes. Yeah, HMO. No. No, that's a home. Homeowners <laughs> association. <laughs> what are I those called? Uh, the homeowners associations. I don't know what the oh, acronym okay. is. Okay. What I do and have a then, question about, though, I have one question. Yes, and this, uh -huh. this, this is in, in the, the spirit of being lighthearted, okay? Yes, but my yes. question is. Well, if, if you can set up committees, can you also set up um, shell holding companies? You know, this is for people who, <laughs> who want to hide everything that they're doing. You know, so you can set up a series of shell companies to hide the committee. <laughs> 
There you go. Yeah. You set up a complete. You can set up a trust. You know. That's right. That, you know? And then and then you have a virtual attorney to set up the trust. Going to handle your committee. That's going to handle your committee's. Um, you know, and you could have somebody on the committee who uh, embezzles. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend having Michael Cohen as your attorney for your committee. But other than that, <laughs> I guess you can get pretty crazy with this. Depends on how much fun you want to have with it. And is it really fun for you to do that? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I had to create a, a, a being on my committee who's a um, a quick action and um, and resolve a resolve. Uh, a clear resolve person because I, you know, for me looking at, you know, like 10,000 things in my garage to be able to have <laughs> quick action and resolve for, to get rid of certain things. Um, because I can, I can literally go around my garage and find a reason to keep almost everything. And then when I stand back and look at how much is in the garage, I go, wait a minute, this is never going to fit into any place that I get, I don't think I need to, I need to get rid of a lot of this and I don't want it all. And so then I start looking, well, okay. You know, so then I ask, basically I'm asking for spiritual help. I'm asking, Hey, look, it's hard for me to make these decisions. Can, can you just like infuse me with the ease of making these decisions? Mm. And so I think it's okay to, I mean, in a way it comes down to my own confidence. You know, do I have, you could say, but what is confidence? You know, confidence is having faith that there is also this higher power, this higher love that helps us. Well, it occurs so to me that what we're doing is we're actually taking Abraham's definition of a belief and applying it because their definition is a belief is a thought that we think over and over again repeatedly. Well, that's what we're doing here. We are, we're creating this committee. We're creating this mental construct to address problem X, whatever problem X is, and we're doing so with the view of exploring it mentally and getting into the feeling place. Well, that's creating a belief. You keep doing that long enough and, and it's going to turn into a belief and the belief is going to get stronger and stronger over time just because of all the focus you're giving to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just in that, that, that knowing that you have help. It's interesting because I notice with clients a lot that some some people just don't have any belief that there is anything like an unseen realm that's really helping them. And th those people I notice tend to be struggling more with their life. Um, and then I know people who, who believe entirely in the unseen realm to such a degree that they really just watch what happens and know that everything's going to be okay. But they believe in it in a way that they say it's it, that unseen realm has only got my best intentions in, in mind. And so, you know, that's a very loving force there that is going to take care of me. And, and I would say is, for some, I would say for somebody who has trouble believing that there is an unseen realm, I can understand that. I mean, I, I certainly came from a very skeptical viewpoint when I first started exploring all this stuff. And my reaction would be, well, you've heard what Abraham describes a belief as a belief is a thought you think over and over again. That That's a thought we can pretty much all kind of buy into. Like, yeah, you know, if, if Even if you don't believe in anything spiritual, just look at the world of propaganda. Propaganda is stuff, usually a lie, told over and over again until people start believing it. Well, it's because it's a thought that they keep thinking over and over again. So you know that part actually works. So it doesn't really matter whether you believe in an unseen realm. Just believe in how you create a belief. Just take advantage of that. And if you take advantage of that fact, just continue to focus on it. You will come to believe it regardless of whether or not there's an unseen realm. It doesn't matter. The belief will happen anyway. 
And once you have the belief, then you can start doing all deliberate, deliberate creation. And probably along the way, you'll probably start believing in an unseen realm, but that's neither here nor there right now. Yeah, I guess I didn't follow that very clearly. I'm sorry. But how how do you how does that work? You get yourself to believe in your belief? You, you just start <laughs> you just start with the idea that a belief is a thought that you think over and over again. Okay. Yeah. That that's oh, a yeah. given. And and that that I think almost anybody can buy into. You don't have to believe in an unseen realm in order to believe that. You can just recognize, yeah, you know, if I keep saying something over and over again, I tend to yeah. start believing it more. Okay, we'll take yeah. advantage of it. Leverage yeah. it. You know, you want yeah. to believe that you can attract you know, a, a new lover into your life, well, then just start talking in, in your own head or even with friends yeah. about how you can attract somebody into your life, even if you don't right, believe right. it right now. Yeah. It, it so it's like if I go look at my garage and all the stuff I, I say I want to get rid of, then I just believe that I can do this. I believe that I can I can go into any box of things in this garage or any item, and I and I can believe that I can find a way to convince myself or to understand that I can let go of this. So if I just, you know, cultivate that belief, then I can, then I can look at any of those items in my garage and say, you know, do I need this or do I not need this? Do I want this? Do I not want this? Does it bring me joy? And then, and then I can decide to let it go. And if there are certain things that you have trouble believing that you could believe, (laughs) if you don't mind the redundancy of it, you know, if, 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 you know, asking for, you know, a windfall of a hundred thousand dollars seems too unbelievable for you, well, then save that one for a rainy day. Don't do that one yet. Work on the ones where you do think you could at least in some way stretch yourself to believe it and then work Mm -hmm. on building that belief up. If you, if you repeat that behavior over and over again, eventually you start to really have faith in your own beliefs you have faith in your ability to build your own beliefs and Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way all of a sudden you find serendipities happen and when they start to happen then you actually start becoming a deliberate creator even though you don't believe in the unseen realm Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool so there's a lot of ways just to approach all this i guess you know there's there's this whole idea of creating committees and having this uh hiring the heavens and there's the idea of just um, looking at any situation in your life and saying, do I have the, the faith in myself, the confidence? Confidence means from Latin means with faith. That's mm. what it means. Is it really? Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Con, con means with in Latin and, and then fidere or something means faith. So okay. confidence is just with faith. And, Interesting. But it's faith in, in me, it means faith in myself. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like a huge amount of my life has been spent you know, just working around that one issue, you know, having <laughs> faith in myself. And, uh, but then faith in the unseen realm. I, that's one thing I've loved about Abraham is they say the, the unseen realm is, you know, the larger part of you <laughs> is that's that what you are is this being in the unseen realm. So having faith is just knowing that the larger part of you is, is orchestrating everything in a, in the most wonderful way for yourself. And um, so there's all this ways we can conceive of how we have help. But the bottom line, what I see from all of this is allow yourself to understand that you have tremendous help and everything's going to be okay. Very good. Well, this has been a good discussion. Um, I'm not sure if we've gone through the whole thing, but we've covered an awful lot. So we'll have to see what you come up with next Friday for the next topic. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. All right. And we'll invite you all to join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.